0: you're watching global bc this is global news hour at six good evening thanks for joining us sophie is off tonight we'll get to those stories in just a moment but first we have some breaking news about an aggressive wildfire you can see the wind in that location this one's located right near savona which is just west of kamloops this one's referred to as the sebastian creek fire The B.C. Wildfire Service says it's about 40 hectares right now, but erratic, gusty winds are making it a challenge to fight. The fire has knocked out power to some in the area. It's also closed Highway 1, three kilometers west of Savannah. No estimated time of reopening at this point. Ground crews will remain on site overnight, and air tankers are providing support. We'll keep our eye on this one for you throughout the evening and see how it spreads. Now supercars racing down the street, hundreds of people getting their party on, and helicopters landing on the lawn. The normally quiet community of Anmore is still buzzing after a major backyard party that raises some serious questions about rental properties. John Waugh shows us how neighbors and the
1: mayor are reacting. Throwing really big parties is a tough job. Neighbors say Justin Plose has been warming up with smaller parties for weeks. But nothing could prepare them for this. I'm looking, you know, and these helicopters are coming down. It's kind of a little bit scary. Not just choppers, but supercars, booze, and hundreds of scantily clad partiers descended on this Anmore property on June 1st.
2: Everybody came and had a good time. Um, Yeah, it went exactly as expected.
1: Three calls to the police, including one for an overdose. Has Anmore's mayor seeing things differently?
3: It was chaos. There was uh, uh, public drunkenness, public nudity going on, and then the helicopter started to land, which is completely inappropriate. With plenty of vacant
1: homes in the area seemingly available for rent to anyone with cash in hand. The worry is this is only the beginning of the party house trend.
3: And the rental company, let's face it, they only get paid when they rent the properties out. They're not doing a good enough job of vetting the, the clients.
1: The mayor is reaching out to the offshore owner, but also blames the province's speculation and vacancy tax for the questionable renters. In the meantime, police are saying there's little they can do.
3: We're not going to enforce things when there there isn't a law being broken. And certainly there wasn't the kind of overt danger to public safety that might force us to step in.
1: Close is already planning a second party with another available property, this time in Belcarra. We have no interest in, in this type of invention, so it will be expensive to work with us to find a solution that makes it acceptable to the residents. Okay. Pricey permits might not be a problem, based on what Plo says he's planning next. Bigger, better, better, and next time we're going to charge money. John Hua, Global News. New details
0: tonight in a bullying incident involving teens from a Surrey school. The incident recorded and posted online and raising concerns among parents, school officials, and the RCMP.
4: This mother shoe right now.
0: Surrey RCMP are confirming the teens involved in the disturbing attack have now been identified and together with their parents, they've agreed to deal with the actions by way of alternate measures under the Youth and Criminal Justice Act through the Surrey School District Safe Schools Program and the Surrey RCMP's Restorative Justice and Youth Intervention Programs.
3: Uh, Under the Youth Criminal Justice Act, um, there are requirements by police to look at alternative means other than the court process to deal with uh, crimes um, in the community. Uh, This uh, process needs to be accepted by all parties involved, be it the uh, subjects, suspects, witnesses, and the victim and their families. That was all accepted, and that is why we are going by means of the restorative justice program.
0: I'm extremely hopeful. I believe that uh, seeing people face to face and, you know, agreeing to try and make things better is the primary way to carry on. Um, I- I'm extremely hopeful and, and I'm really proud of my son because it was his decision to carry forward in the process. Um, I'm following his strong lead in that, you know, we're going to make things right as a group and we're going to be stronger as a community for it. The Surrey School District has initiated disciplinary proceedings. In the meantime, none of the students are going to return to Fraser Heights this year. Instead, an uh, alternative education program has been put in place for each of them. An emotional plea today from the family of a missing man with mental illness. 34-year-old Ryan McCauley was last seen three months ago but RCMP are releasing surveillance video from that day. McCauley was recorded in a Maple Ridge store February 15th. His parents say he was diagnosed with schizophrenia about five years ago, and he has disappeared before when the psychosis overwhelms him, but they feel this time it's different.
4: Before he would leave us a note, our, our phonist let us know he was all right. We noticed uh, Activity in his bank account, or he has actually turned himself into the hospital. But this time, there's nothing.
0: One of Vancouver's oldest cannabis dispensaries shut its doors today, but only temporarily, as it turns out. The store on East Hastings opened a decade ago by longtime activist Dana Larson. Today, he complied with the BC Supreme Court ruling, but just a short time later, he reopened. Grace Key explains why and has Larson's plan going forward.
2: And we are really hoping this is a temporary closure.
5: It's the final few toques outside the medicinal cannabis dispensary on East Hastings. Nine unlicensed dispensaries wanted to stay open while a legal challenge was going through the BC Court of Appeals. But on Friday, they lost that battle. The dispensaries were listed in petitions filed by the City of Vancouver.
2: It's confusing to me why our new City Council is refusing to revisit these bylaws in the context of legalization uh... it would not be hard to do So a few very simple changes would allow us to keep serving our community
5: the dispensary owned by activist dana larson has been operating at this location for the past ten years it was the third dispensary to open in vancouver customers got the chance to stock up before merchandise was pulled from the shelves
1: he's been helping the downtown east side for years they
2: should not be shut down they're going to send people to the streets to get to die of heroin and
6: and fentanyl overdoses
5: the doors closed at 11 a.m to clear the shelves and at noon they reopened welcome to the new medicinal cannabis dispensary info center but this time as an information and harm reduction center but Larson is hopeful he'll be able to legally sell cannabis here again.
2: We've still got a court case going on in the B.C. Court of Appeal. We've got a separate case going on in the federal court. A favorable decision in either one of those cases would allow us to reopen and continue serving our members with cannabis again.
5: The closure only affects the Hastings location. Larson's dispensary on Thurlow Street in the West End remains open. Grace Key, Global News.
0: A new poll suggests the vast majority of parents are satisfied with the education system, which may have an impact on teacher contract talks currently underway in this province. Keith Baldry is live in Victoria with more on the poll. And Keith, it's not all rosy, right? Parents do have a few key concerns.
3: Oh, there's a number of concerns, Chris, uh, chief among them being class sizes, but it's not a majority opinion. Class sizes, of course, a major topic on that nego- negotiating table between the BC Teachers Federation and the employer. More on that in a moment. But first of all, take a look at the numbers from Research Co, which uh, uh, sampled 700 parents in the last couple of days, found 83% of parents have positive experiences in the K-12 education system. 60%, this is interesting, think class sizes currently are about right. And just 31%, still a significant number but less than a third think class sizes are too big. Pollster Mario Canseco says literally the, the issues vary among parents depending on what towns and cities they live in. Here's Canseco it's not an urban issue it's more of a rural issue when it comes to the size of the classes the shortage of teachers this is something that also is sort of a prevalent across all of the regions and the number three issue is bullying and lack of safety which seems to be a bigger issue in metro vancouver so what's fascinating to me about the survey is you do find that there's different challenges for the education system depending on the area where you live so the teacher's contract expires June 30th. Uh, they have been negotiating. They're not negotiating this week. They're taking a week off uh, because there's no job action plan, and they could conceivably talk into the summer. Uh, so no job action before the end of the school year, which is good news for parents and kids. But the fall is another different question entirely. Chris, we'll see what happens then.
0: Steady as she goes for now, at least. All right. Thanks yeah. very much, Keith. Another dead gray whale has been discovered, this time in the waters off Centennial Beach in Boundary Bay. The carcass was located yesterday by an employee of Fisheries and Oceans Canada. Members of the Marine Mammal Response Program are now working with the DFO and Canadian Coast Guard hovercraft to tow it away for a necropsy. Officials say six grey whales have been found dead along the B.C. coast in the past month and a half.
2: The gray whale population is doing very well uh, overall in terms of the population has been estimated by estimated by NOAA to be about 27 thousand animals so this past uh, the past feeding season it's thought that they may uh, a large proportion of the animals didn't seem to get enough food so they this past um, this past winter and in Mexico there was an indication that there were a lot of skinny animals and that's kind of showing now with their migration north all these animal deaths are likely the animals that didn't store enough uh, nutrition to make that that migration.
0: The cat is out of the bag. In this case, it's actually a kitten, and it's lucky to be alive. She's only about six weeks old and was found yesterday in Victoria zipped inside a shaving kit that was thrown in the trash. An employee at a local mall made the discovery, noticing the small bag moved slightly when he was emptying the trash. Animal Control says the kitten would have died if the shaving bag had not been found. And while it's expected to be okay, we are told it had meth in its system. It'll be monitored for the next several days, but should eventually be up for adoption. C-SPAN Shipyards is celebrating a special launch today. The Captain Jacques Cartier is the second of three large Canadian Coast Guard ships to be built under the National Shipbuilding Strategy a multi-billion dollar plan launched by the federal government in 2010. The vessel will support important scientific research by Fisheries and Oceans Canada.
6: They will be the primary platform for Fisheries and Oceans Canada scientists to conduct important work such as the monitoring of the health of fish stocks, understanding the impacts of climate change, and conducting ocean research. And of course these new vessels, although primarily focused on science research, are also able to support search and rescue and environmental response operations.
0: The city of Vancouver is launching a new pilot program today aimed at reducing cigarette butt litter and the dangers that come with it. Nadia Stewart explains how it's hoped something called the pocket ashtray will help.
7: They're a nuisance every city wants to get rid of. And according to the city, nearly one million cigarette butts are discarded in Vancouver every day.
2: We're really shocked to see how many cigarette butts uh, were on the streets.
7: It's why the Downtown Business Improvement Association welcomes the city's latest pilot project. They're called pocket ashtrays. Instead of squishing cigarette butts into the sidewalk, the hope is smokers will stuff them into these envelopes, eventually dumping them into a trash bin.
2: They're intended to reduce cigarette butt litter by putting the solution directly in the hands of smokers and making properly disposing cigarette butts as convenient as possible.
7: Beyond litter, the butts are fire starters, blamed for a fire in Stanley Park last month.
2: Virtually all outdoor fires that take place in the city are caused by improperly disposed
8: of cigarette butts.
7: But this isn't the first time the city has tried pocket ashtrays. 3,500 were handed out last year, and there are these butt bins. this year 6,000 pocket ashtrays have been ordered at a total cost of 4500 taxpayer dollars. We'll have to wait and see what impact this latest attempt has on Vancouver's persistent problem. Nadia Stork Global News.
0: Well, Everyday people, unknowingly, consume a lot of microplastics. You may not know it, but they're in our food, our beverages, even in the air we breathe. Aaron MacArthur has some of the worst offenders, according to a BC study, and the potential impact on our health.
2: Microplastic. It's everywhere around us, and more often than not, in us. From water bottles, to fish, even beer humans are consuming more plastic than ever. We estimate that the number of
9: microplastics that humans could be consuming every year when we take into account drinking water and food and air could be on the order of around fifty to 120,000
6: particles at a minimum. And that number goes way up if people drink mostly bottled
2: water. Despite the obvious risk... People remain blissfully unaware of the danger. Does it worry you? Definitely, but I mean, what can we do, right?
10: You know what, I haven't really thought about it before. It's hard some days and I don't think about it often.
2: The study looked at a host of other papers on microplastic, but could only track about 15% of the calories humans normally consume. The next step for researchers is to look at the remaining food items, like poultry and red meat. It's still early days
9: in terms of microplastics research. We don't fully understand the potential health implications it could have for humans. This is kind of just a first estimate um, as to how much we
2: may be encountering. The UVic researchers suggest most, if not all, items for human consumption will have some level of microplastics. They will be working with the DFO to widen the study and examine the long-term implications of ingesting that plastic. It's the end of an era in
0: Victoria. Two totem poles that have stood in the city's Thunderbird Park for more than 60 years are coming down. Kylie Stanton tells us why and where they're going to end up.
11: Every song, dance, and piece of art tells a story that's been passed down for generations, keeping this rich culture alive. And now one more piece will be coming home. We're gathering to honor the story of Mungo, of the Kwakwakiwaka, of the Haida. The totem pole was carved back in the 1950s, a replica of a mortuary pole originally on display in honor of a high-ranking woman who was killed off Vancouver Island. It has stood here alongside others in the Thunderbird Park exhibit outside of the Royal BC Museum for decades. But now, as it's reached the end of its lifespan, the museum has decided to repatriate it back to its original owners.
10: We decided that this pole coming down would be taken forward in the spirit of repatriation and will be going home to be laid down.
11: This is the second pole in as many weeks that's come down, following a ceremonial blessing. All part of the museum's commitment to reconnect First Nations with what's theirs. Nobody blinked an eye when we said this pole needs to be laid to rest, not put into storage. Nobody blinked an eye. They hope it will set a precedent for others across the country.
3: Pretty exciting for us to see these pieces come home. They're finally starting to recognize and acknowledge the voices of people that these treasures belong to.
11: The Haida Mortuary Pole will begin its journey to Fort Rupert, where it will serve as a reference for carvers. But most importantly, it's a reminder of the history it holds. That story is important to keep alive. Kylie Stanton, Global News, Victoria.
0: Well, today is Global Running Day, if you didn't know. A worldwide celebration of the joys of jogging and generally keeping an active lifestyle. Meteorologist Christy Gordon is live in Falls Creek at one of the many events today encouraging people to get moving and you got a guest, Christy.
12: I do. Peter, who will be talking to you in a second. So there's five different events going on around the the Lower Mainland. One is starting here, we're in False Creek, right beside Concord Pacific uh, 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 um, Presentation Center. And then all of the various locations from around the Lower Mainland will be coming back here for a big celebration. And why are we doing this?
9: Well, we're ex- well, thank you, Global, for coming. And thank you, Lululemon, for uh, showing up as well to kick off our summer running season, uh, our summer activity season. So uh, today is Global Running Day. There are going to be 3 million people around the world. There are going to be another 500 uh, or so f- uh, folks that are going to end here. Um, mm-hmm. Richmond Running Crew! <laughs> they'll, they'll be taking off from here today. And yeah. uh, we're very excited about that.
12: Yeah, Super fun to just get people outside. And you guys have a great new park here down by Concord Pacific here. Tell us a little bit about the other events that you're going to be putting on in the next while.
9: Well, we're going to have, uh, beginning June 17th, we're going to have... uh free yogas after work so it's a great way to start the week Uh, six o'clock after work bring your yoga mats we'll look after everything else we're going to have great yogis all all summer long and uh, we have a bunch of other activities that happen on saturdays we're going to have kids road hockey Uh, we have the this beautiful volleyball court here we have uh, and
12: all free for everyone all
9: free all summer and we just welcome everybody to come down check uh, concordpacific.com out for the latest event uh, event schedules and show
12: up what a great way to get everyone out and join and we finally got rid of the rain as well here Uh, yeah so great events happening down here at concord pacific thanks so much peter eugenia uh, uh, of concord pacific and uh, lululemon uh, crew here as well all from uh, uh, richmond all right back to you guys
0: that is Tom Rice of California, one of a number of American and British World War II veterans who came together today to recreate their jumps over Normandy on the 75th anniversary of D-Day. Tom is 97 years old, and despite a slightly rough landing, he said it was a perfect jump, much better than the one in 1944. And just across the English Channel, Queen Elizabeth, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, and a host of world leaders commemorated the D-Day anniversary at a special event where the D-Day raid was launched. Global's David Aiken was there.
2: If you needed any more evidence of the remarkable reign of Queen Elizabeth II, consider this. She's a member of the generation that fought the Second World War, the so-called greatest generation. And so when she spoke today, she was speaking as someone who lived through the free world's darkest days.
6: The heroism, courage, and sacrifice of those who lost their lives will
7: never be forgotten.
2: Canadian, British, and American soldiers led the assault that liberated France 75 years ago, a fact France does not forget. Let me first thank you sincerely on behalf of my nation. The ceremony here, though, was not just about D-Day. It was about the years and battles that led up to the invasion. The doomed Dieppe raid, for example, in 1942, provided key intelligence that would later help make D-Day such a success. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau honoured a hero of Dieppe, Lieutenant Colonel Cecil Merritt, awarded the Commonwealth's highest medal for bravery, the Victoria Cross, for his courage during the doomed raid.
4: Although twice wounded, Lieutenant Colonel Merritt continued to direct the unit's operations with great vigor and determination.
2: The biggest cheer of the day might have gone to 99-year-old John Jenkins, a D-Day
1: veteran. I'm honored to be stood here today in front of so many other veterans. You never forget your comrades because we're all in it together.
2: Today's ceremony was really the first of a two-part ceremony. On Thursday morning, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau will head to Juneau Beach in Normandy, France for the second and final set of ceremonies at the location where Canadians fought, died, and did their country proud. David Aiken, Global News, Portsmouth, England.
0: From recognizing the past to looking into the future, NASA is teaming up with billionaire entrepreneur Elon Musk to restore manned space travel
4: from U.S. soil. People to a degree think it's pretty glamorous to be able to go into space, but it's actually like a messy camping trip.
0: Four NASA astronauts will fly the first ever manned mission involving NASA and Musk's rocket company, SpaceX. America's space shuttle program has been grounded for nearly a decade, forcing U.S. astronauts to hitch a ride to space with Russia. NASA wants more freedom, working with its new partner
9: one of the analogies I've heard before is you're, you know, you're flying with an iPhone type approach um, versus if you, if you remember um, the way mobile phones used to be, the big bricks and all of that kind of stuff. So uh, that would probably be more of the, the shuttle style, more of the Soyuz style and uh, the, the Dragon, the Crew Dragon is uh, a little more modern.
0: SpaceX is lending its design to the Crew Dragon capsule and the Falcon 9 rocket that will launch both crews into orbit. And we want to take you back to the news. We mentioned off the top of the news hour the growing wildfire west of Kamloops near the community of Savona.
3: This is right on the Trans Canada.
0: It's the Sevaston Creek fire. It's 40 hectares right now. And has forced the closure of Highway 1. Some witnesses are saying power poles along the highway have caught fire. And there are power outages in the area. They're fighting this on the ground and from the air. But gusting winds, as you can tell, are making things quite difficult. The ground crews will work on the fire through the night. And like so many others, BC Wildfire suspects this one is human-caused. Well, I was coming back from Cache Creek into Kamloops and uh, came around the corner and I could see smoke bellowing over the lake and I knew something was going on right away and, and sure enough we came to a uh, stop and you could see flame on, flames on both sides of the highway and uh, you could see the tankers above trying to fight the fire and yeah, they're doing a good job. And again, any new developments in that fire we'll bring them to you before the news hour is out and throughout the evening as well. Now, a video that's going ultra-viral tonight of a rescue in Arizona that turned into a terrifying ordeal for an elderly woman. The 74-year-old was being airlifted off of Phoenix Mountain after a fall when her basket got caught in the chopper's downwash and began spinning wildly. The rescue crew reports a second line meant to prevent the spinning didn't work and later snapped. The chopper crew tried to raise and lower the basket to no effect, But finally, the forward motion of the chopper did the trick. The woman complained of dizziness and nausea, but was otherwise unhurt. And comedian Tracy Morgan isn't laughing. After this, he had just bought a $2 million Bugatti supercar in New York and had barely left the dealership when he was sideswiped by a woman in a Honda. No one was hurt, but we can only imagine how much it's going to cost to fix the carbon fiber body and paint on a Bugatti. In health news tonight, another example today of how Variety, the children's charity, works year-round to improve the lives of BC's special children. Variety is hosting its first-ever Mobility Day in Burnaby, promoting accessibility and inclusiveness, and raising money for equipment for kids with mobility challenges. As part of today's block party in Burnaby, Variety presented its ninth Sunshine Family Van from the W.J. Weaver Foundation, To a family with a special needs child, it will allow them to safely get their son to his many appointments.
13: These vans are crucial to families. If you have a child with a mobility challenge, things like even going to a doctor's appointment, the grocery store, or even a day out, just is impossible. Um, These vans make it an easy trip out. The wheelchair just goes in the van, and so give families their freedom back.
11: It means a lot for us, and helping so much for our family. I say thanks from them. They're so kind for yes.
0: Variety is trying to raise $50,000 to fund 10 adaptive trikes for 10 children with mobility challenges. If you would like to, donations could be made online at variety.bc.ca. A victory tonight for critics of BC's salmon farming industry with a decision by the Federal Department of Fisheries. The DFO will now test young Atlantic salmon before they're transferred to open net pens. But as Linda Aylesworth reports, critics are wondering if the testing goes far enough.
13: We rarely hear the government concede that Atlantic salmon farms are putting our wild populations at risk. That the piscine orthoreovirus, virus, which infects most farmed fish, just might cause disease.
10: It causes HSMI, heart and skeletal muscle inflammation in Atlantic salmon. And the research is rapidly catching up uh, to show that it's causing an even worse effect in Chinook salmon.
13: Twice, Alexander Morton has taken the fisheries ministry to court, insisting that farm fish should be tested for PRV before release into open net pens where passing wild salmon can become infected. The first time she won, nothing became of it. But this time, it was different.
6: We will be testing for two strains of PRV at all of the, uh, the fish farms in British Columbia. And we will be doing enhanced testing with respect to, uh, to HSMI and, uh, and jaundice.
10: To have a minister actually respond and say he's going to screen farm salmon for piscine Riovars is a hugely positive step. I'm thrilled. Um, the devil's in the detail.
13: The detail in this case, the minister said two strains of the virus will be tested, Norwegian and Icelandic. But not the BC strain, which has left some asking, what BC strain?
10: I have never found the BC strain, and I've tested thousands of Atlantic salmon and wild salmon in our province. So for me, it's a mythical strain.
13: The BC Salmon Farming Association says otherwise. The science tells us there are different strains of PRV around the world and that the one in BC is naturally here and benign. But even if there is a BC strain, assuming it won't cause disease could be dangerous.
0: If it is not virulent, will it not become
6: that way? Because originally the Norwegian strain did not harm their salmon.
10: When he says he's not going to be testing for that strain, it means there's going to be positive results that they're going to ignore. That concerns me.
13: Linda Aylesworth, Global News.
6: When I first saw stock in 1990, I also fell under its spell and bought the property.
0: A Hollywood A-lister narrates his own sales pitch, trying to unload the seaside home he once fell in love with. That's coming up right after weather. We'll check in again with Christy Gordon, who's down uh mm-hmm. Falls Creek, it looks like, uh, once again, at Concord Pacific. Christy, a little rain fell earlier.
12: Yeah, it's a band move through. Thankfully, it didn't last too long, but I needed my rain jacket, that's for sure. The sun was also shining a little bit earlier, and now we're seeing dark clouds once again, and that's the pattern that we're going to see for the next two days. Looking at the satellite imagery, we've had cooler, wetter conditions right across the province, but it's not consistent. It's sort of coming here and there, a little bit of sprinkle activity, but also you can see the lightning strike. So don't leave home without an umbrella, everyone, because you could be caught in a downpour. It's not going to be heavy, consistent rain, but through Friday we'll see anywhere from 5 to 20 millimeters across the south coast. Not a lot, comparatively, for our area, and it will come in waves. Certainly cooler for the next two days with highs of only 15 degrees, but over the weekend we will rebound. It looks like a nice stretch of w- nice sunny weather will last right through uh, parts of next week as well. So, chance of showers, risk of thunderstorms, some more breaks of blue sky across the south, but still that risk of thunderstorms tomorrow and we'll certainly see it across the south coast so it's sort of a keep your eye on the sky type of day keep your umbrella or your rain jacket handy through Friday with the cooler conditions and then Saturday's our transition day back to sunshine so uh, hopefully for all the runners uh, that are out there right now because we've got five different locations around the lower mainland who are going to end up here Chris hopefully they haven't got caught in the rain because there is a fair amount of dry weather out there
0: all right, well, let's hope they're under the, under the sunshine, the break in the clouds. Thanks very yeah. much, Christy. All right, we'll talk to you later. Well, if you're looking for a new home with some A-list celebrity cachet, Michael Douglas has a deal for you. Many of my friends have stayed at Sestaka,
6: and we've enjoyed wonderful times here together. But my life has taken a new course, and now it's time for me to let someone else enjoy the
0: privilege and the adventure of Sistaka. Wow, what a place. That is the actor narrating the sales video for his own estate on the Spanish island of Mallorca. In the two-minute virtual tour, Douglas talks about falling under its spell back in 1990 when he bought it for $3.5 million. He's now asking $32 million, which is almost half what he asked for it just five years ago. $60 million. The property has seven buildings on 80 hectares with more than 10,000 square feet. Ten bedrooms. And ten bathrooms.
4: Room for all your buddies. I didn't really understand the shot of the bowl of lemons. Well. I mean, how, how is that a selling point? It's for making... You get a lifetime nice. full of lemons, too. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Mallorca, home of Rafael Nadal. Oh, is that right? The man from Mallorca. Where he learned to uh, play tennis. And
0: uh, rain today at the French Open. Well, Gotta assume basketball fans are not watching us right now, so we start with
4: hockey. Possibly, you know. <laughs> It's not, don't a, know. it's not that exciting. We're, we, can, we can update you on the game. Uh, remember defenseman Nikita Triampkin, the Russian skyscraper on skates who didn't like Willie Desjardins' coaching style and apparently thought downtown Vancouver smelled of marijuana? He did say that, actually. He, he wasn't wrong. He wasn't. Well, on well, some days he's right. Uh, he left the Canucks in 2017 for the Russian League, but his agent and the Canucks are talking again about reuniting when his contract in Russia is up in 2020. The Canucks still have his NHL rights and if they really want him back, don't tell him that marijuana has been legalized. Uh, Would Triampkin help if he comes back? Well, he certainly gives Vancouver a big body on defense. At 6'7", he has an NBA wingspan which could be good for breaking up passes. Don't let the fight him about the show fool you though. Triampkin wasn't as aggressive as the Canucks wanted him to be the first time around. He's more of a gentle giant. But depth on defense is always good, so if the price is right, why not give him another NHL shot? So between now and the draft, which is just under three weeks away, you're going to be hearing a lot of rumors about players possibly being traded. Today, it's the Canucks being very interested in Minnesota winger Jason Zucker. Now, Minnesota has tried to trade him a couple of times this year already. He has signed, or he is signed, I should say, for four more years at $5.5 million per season, He does have a partial no-trade clause, but he is very fast. And he has been at least a 20-goal man in each of his past three seasons. In fact, he had 33 a year ago. Faded a bit this year after getting that new contract. The Canucks don't have a lot of scoring on the wing, but what is the price tag on this guy? He's certainly not worth a first-round draft pick, maybe a second-rounder or maybe one of Vancouver's younger prospects, but the Canucks are reluctant to give those up and the Wild will not be wanting low draft picks and 30-something guys for Zucker. UBC pitcher Niall Windler was drafted by the Minnesota Twins today. He is now the 23rd Thunderbird to be drafted since the program's revival in 1997. And despite being drafted in the 19th round, his UBC boss, who did play in the majors himself, says he has a chance, a good chance, because his smarts on the mound overcome him not throwing as hard as some of the other pitching prospects.
0: Um, you know, I don't think his velocity was off the radar, so that's why he probably wasn't up at the top of the draft. But I think it's a kid he's going to throw a little bit harder. And I
3: think, you know, just his pitchability. you look at the big league games now, all the relievers that come in, those are the guys that are throwing really hard. Your starters are actually kind of in range where he is now, and uh,
0: left-handers, you know, they're at a premium. So I, I give Niall a real chance. I think he's going to do well in pro
11: ball.
4: Well, Klay Thompson is not going to play because of his injured hamstring, so that means the Warriors are out without their best player and their third best player. Kevin Durant, Klay Thompson, they, of course, still have Steph Curry. But uh, good first quarter for the Raptors. Danny Green in the three-pointer. That's a nice fadeaway by Pascal Siakam. And then some nice ball movement again by the Raptors as uh, Mark Gasol gets wide open on the Kawhi Leonard pass. Starting the second quarter, they are up by seven on Golden State. The Oakland Raiders and the Green Bay Packers are going to play an exhibition game August 22nd in Winnipeg. Yes, Winnipeg. When asked about it, quarterback Aaron Rodgers gave some Packer props to his old friend and current Lions quarterback Mike Riley.
0: I'm excited about it. Uh, I have not been to Winnipeg before, but I am a fan of the CFL because a uh, former teammate of ours, Mike Riley, has long dominated the CFL but it'll be fun to be up there and uh, I'm sure there's there's a bunch of Packer fans
4: uh, up there because they're everywhere. (laughs) The rugby fields in South Surrey's athletic park and you can attest to this oh yeah are some of the best around correct no doubt but it still needs a field house and the Bayside Athletic Association and the city of Surrey are getting a lot closer to making that happen.
8: It's a build that's been a decade in the making, a joint effort between the Bayside Athletics Association and the City of Surrey. Currently, a construction site, hopefully the soon-to-be heart and soul for numerous sports and athletes in South Surrey. This this is a home. It's a, it's it's a home for for Bayside. It's a home for the South Surrey community. Uh, it's a place to come and and relax and and watch sports or do your community event. Um, a lot of these. A lot of facilities around don't have the amenities that we will have inside, and that this will cater to everybody's needs. In its present state, there's two world-class fields, and that's it. No change rooms, no washrooms, basically no facility of any kind. And that's been the number one priority when it came to adding a community field house structure like this community being key here as over a dozen contractors have donated time and materials to making this a reality.
6: I'm extremely proud of what this club has stepped up to do and what this community has come together to do. At least 10 to 15 local companies um, and countless numbers of their staff have essentially offered up their time at cost, uh, which the city of Surrey counts as a, as a donation to the project and lowers the amount that we have to contribute as a society. So that's when really it went from dream to reality is when we're starting to see that figure go down to a realistic amount where we go we can do this we can build a world-class facility next to two world-class rugby fields
8: all in we're talking about a two and a half million dollar project as of right now six hundred thousand dollars has been raised in order to complete this build the athletic association did a deep dive into the south surrey community creating a unique lottery one with great prizes with a buy-in that pays back in more ways than one so you're bringing value to the community but you're also handing value out with the lottery.
2: Quality quality prizes we've got, the product that we've given to the community to come,
6: to come and buy into it is is been unreal. So it's just like I mean I don't know what to say. It's been and we don't want to let them down.
0: There's a lot of excitement going on right now with this facility because it is desperately needed out here. Um and it's uh, it's finally coming to fruition, right? So yeah, it's about time is what we get. So get out there and buy tickets. Help us out. <laughs> One last update for you now on that breaking news. We told you earlier, the wildfire west of Kamloops near the community of Savona. B.C. Wildfire now says the fire has more than doubled since we went on the air. It's at 100 hectares now. It only just started three hours ago. They're bringing in skimmers now to help the tankers from the air and the 12 firefighters on the ground. The winds have died down a bit, and they are hoping for some rain tomorrow to help. The Trans-Canada Highway, they tell us, is still closed. But now Drive BC says it could reopen in about half an hour. And again, they believe this is human-caused. Not exactly sure what it was, but keep in mind, if you're flicking a cigarette butt out the window, what can happen uh, can take off very quickly. Now, government and businesses are trying all kinds of things to get people to stop using plastic bags, but a local retailer has what might be the best idea yet. The cheeky promotion includes grocery bags he hopes are too embarrassing to carry.
6: Jordan Armstrong reports. Do you need a bag? Customers who say yes are in for a surprise. The bags at East West on Main Street don't feature the market's logo. Instead, they read "Into the Weird Adult Video Emporium," "The Colon Care Co-op," and "Wart Ointment Wholesale." <laughs> That's great. <laughs> That's pretty funny.
10: Avoid the shame. Bring a reusable bag.
6: Most shoppers already do that, says market owner David Lee Quinn. But for those who still insist on plastic, he's hoping the so-called embarrassing bags start a conversation.
9: Even though they have plastic bag today, next time they'll be bringing a, a
6: cloth bag, I think. But some customers fear the idea will
1: backfire. So I'm wondering if it's actually going to create more use in plastic bags, (laughs) because everyone's going to want to collect them.
11: I might grab one, or no, that's not what we're supposed to do. Okay, never mind.
1: This is my
2: favorite.
6: (laughs) Quinn says supply is limited, just 1,000 bags have been stocked, and once they're gone, they're gone.
5: I'd probably carry them in my arms before I took one of those bags.
9: The message behind us is we should make a conscious effort to save our planet one step at a time. No matter how small the contribution is, everybody should start somewhere.
6: A message that's in the bag. Jordan Armstrong, Global News. I do not believe that's a real I
4: was going to say, was there an actual Into the Weird adult I've never heard of emporium it. at one time?
0: There's a basketball that. game going on right now, apparently. Yes, there is. Raptors leading the Warriors. We'll see if they can hold on. Thanks very much for watching and uh, updates on the Savinoff fire on globalnews.ca. Check that out. Thanks for watching.